Jesus, you are so holy. You're so worthy. I can't be shaken when I put my trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness. Even when sometimes we don't deserve it, you are always faithful. You're so worthy. And you're so holy. And in your name we say, Amen. And go ahead and be seated. So this is week two of a three-week-long sermon series. You're right here in the middle of it, of a sermon series called The Generous Life. And we're looking at the life-changing power of being generous. And if you missed last week, let me give you the highlights. We, we highlighted seven different ways that we can be generous. We can be generous in our thoughts. We can be generous in our words. We can be generous in our money. We can be generous in our influence, in our time, in our attention, and in our belongings. What we learned was that generosity is about far more than your money. Generosity is about taking your entire life, everything that you are and everything that you do, and using it to bless the people around you. And last week we talked about the first step on the path to living a generous life, and it was about being aware of the needs around you. Because if you don't know about those needs, it's impossible to be generous. So we talked about that, that need to be aware of the needs around us. Today, I hope that over this past week, the Holy Spirit has kept your antennas up. Because you remember, I asked you, if you prayed a simple prayer to see the needs, that God would show them to you. And I hope that this past week you've seen those needs and that you've paid attention to the Holy Spirit's guiding. But today we're going to talk about the second step in our path towards a generous life. And the second step, if the first step is being aware of those needs, the second step is activating our generosity. See, the desire to be generous is important. But the desire alone will not make us generous. If we want to live a generous life, then we have to get active. It reminds me of my efforts to live a physically healthy life. I can look in the mirror every day and see a couple areas I'd like to see changed. I can get on the scale every day and see some numbers I wish would be changed. But if all I ever do is look in the mirror and get on the scale, it's never going to change. I have to make it active. I have to change my diet. I have to exercise. Then I can be a physically healthy person. 
In other words, if I want to drop the extra pounds that I've been carrying, I have to move from desire to action. I need to track my caloric intake. Set aside some time to exercise. Same thing is true with our generosity. If we want to become generous people, then we have to do generous things. And we have to do them on purpose. So my first question for you today is, what are you doing to be generous? What are you going to do today that will bless other people? See, once we move from a desire to be generous to actually being generous, something amazing will happen. We will start to see opportunities everywhere. You might notice the same phenomenon the last time you bought a car. You bought a car, and now everywhere you look, people are driving this car everywhere. You didn't see those cars before, but now they're, everyone seemed to go out and buy the same car as you. It's actually called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. And no, everyone didn't go buy the same car as you. Your brain is just now recognizing that make and model of car, and you seem to see it more often. Those cars were there beforehand. You just weren't paying attention to it. Once we start living generously, our brain will start searching for opportunities. When we pray, the Holy Spirit will lead us. When we activate our generosity, our brain will start to help us too. Because generous people do generous things. Why is it that so many of us have a desire to be generous but so few of us are actually living generosity in this world? It's an important question, isn't it? I think we all have a desire to be generous, but we struggle on the being active in generosity. I'm going to come back to that question in a little bit, but I, there's a story in the Gospels that I think might help us answer this question is found in Matthew chapter 14 where it says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him, meaning Jesus, and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Let me set the scene. See, Jesus is here surrounded by thousands of people who are gathered to see him, to hear him, and to see and maybe even be a partaker of the miracles he is performing. The passage tells us that there were 5,000 men present. Now, that doesn't include the women and children, so that number is probably closer to 20,000 people. It's a big crowd, and it's starting to get late. The disciples come to Jesus with a problem. They notice that it's getting dark and that the people haven't eaten dinner, and the disciples are concerned. 
that if they aren't sent away to get dinner, that they will be forced to travel at night. And in that day and age, traveling at night was dangerous. So when the disciples come to Jesus, they aren't complaining. They aren't being petty. Quite the opposite, in fact. They identified a legitimate need impacting a large group of people. Now, we would expect Jesus to say something like maybe, you know what, you're right. Maybe we should send them away. We want to make sure they're taken care of. Or maybe the disciples were thinking that Jesus would do some sort of miracle to make sure everyone had food and got home safely. They identified a need and they brought it to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Identify a need and bring it to Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us to do. When you see a problem, you identify a need, you bring it to Jesus. You pray about it. And this is what makes Jesus' response a little confusing because he says, you give them something to eat. When the disciples come to Jesus with a problem, Jesus responds by telling them to solve it. Doesn't perform the miracle they were expecting. He doesn't even give them a solution. He puts the responsibility back on the shoulders of the disciples. And the disciples respond, I would assume, exactly how we would. They say, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. When Jesus puts the responsibility back on them, their first response is to make sure that Jesus understands their limitations. Really, what they're saying is, we don't have enough. Have you ever felt that way? You see a problem in the world? see a problem in your neighborhood, you see a problem at the church, you, you identify an opportunity to be generous. And what's the first thought that comes to our mind? I don't have enough. Don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough influence. We identify opportunities to be generous, and then we allow our limitations to keep us from action. This is the answer to that question I asked earlier. Why does our desire to be generous not translate into actual generosity? The real reason is we allow our limitations to stop us. But Jesus doesn't let his disciples off the hook at this point. He doesn't say, well, I guess you're right. Too many people and not enough food. Instead, he gives them a specific instruction. He says, bring them here to me. And don't miss this. Jesus tells the disciples to bring what they have to him, to give it to him, to turn it over to him. Five loaves of bread, two fish. It's all they have to feed a crowd of probably close to 20,000 people. And the disciples aren't wrong. They don't have enough food for 20,000 people. 
The mistake the disciples make, however, is looking at their limitations instead of looking to Jesus. They're so focused on what they don't have, they failed to see who they have. They have Jesus sitting there among them. And look at what happens when the disciples look past their limitations and bring all that they have and bring it to Jesus. The story continues. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Isn't that amazing? Something miraculous happens. Jesus does what the disciples could never do on their own. But he doesn't do it until the disciples take a step of action. Is it possible? Is it possible that Jesus has amazing things he wants to do in this world? Is it possible he has amazing things he wants to do in this church? Is it possible that Jesus wants to take our effort, our puny little effort, and multiply it in ways far beyond we could ever imagine? Is it possible that Jesus wants to do all of these things, but he is waiting on us to take a step? God is waiting on us. He's waiting on his people to move from just a desire to be generous to active, actual generosity. When we take that step toward generosity, he will multiply our efforts. If you're a mathematical person, if I were to put this into a formula for you, it would look like this. What we have plus who God is, is enough. See, we focus on what we have or don't have. We focus on that part, and we think we, we ignore who God is, and we say what we have just isn't enough. But what we make sure we put God in the middle of it, it will always be enough. if we have the faith to look past our limitations and to bring what we have to God, He will use our generosity to change the lives of those around us. And it doesn't just change the lives of the people we're helping. This type of faithful generosity will change our lives as well. Not only does it bring us closer to the heart of God, 
It even helps us physically. There have been studies that have done that show generosity will lower our blood pressure. It'll lower our risk of dementia. It will lessen our anxiety and depression. It will reduce our cardiovascular risk, and it increases our overall happiness. Generosity is good for every part of who we are. These physical changes not only take place in us, those who are being generous, but it will also affect the recipient of generosity. See, the bottom line is this. Activating our generosity makes everything better. And the emphasis is on everything. So the million-dollar question is, how do we do it? How do we move from a desire to be generous to active generosity? The truth is, there's multiple answers, but I want to just give you one small step today. I want to share just a little step that you can take that will change your life. And if you take this action step, you will see God move in powerful ways. If you want to activate your generosity, start small. That's it. Start small. You don't have to have a million dollars. You don't have to be able to get up here and sing or play an instrument. You don't have to be able to get up here and preach. Start small. Start with what you do have. We are the body of Christ. We're all a different body part, but if half of our body isn't being active, we can't accomplish anything. All we have to do is start with something small and simple. Many times we will delay our generosity because we're waiting on bigger or better opportunities to come along. But I believe that God is providing opportunities for generosity right where we are. And we can start with the people that are around us each and every day. And here's the best part. If you're faithful with the small things, God will keep providing you with greater opportunities. In fact, Proverbs 11.24 says it this way, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. I love that verse. The the Bible tells us that when we become generous, the world gets bigger and the opportunities will become more frequent. So start right where you are. Don't allow your limitations to keep you from giving what you do have to God. Trust Him to multiply your faithful efforts, to move from a desire for generosity to actually living generously. And if you do, I can promise you the results will be more than you can possibly imagine. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on me. He's waiting on each and every one of us 
to do something. All we have to do is take that step. However small it is, however insignificant you might think it is, God will multiply it. I think of someone like Ed. I didn't tell Ed I was going to mention him today, but I think of someone like Ed. Ed doesn't have a lot of money. He doesn't have the ability to really to come up here and preach or to sing. He, but he uses what little he has. Whenever he has a little bit of money, he will buy donuts when we had breakfast. He'll buy water. He'll buy soda. With whatever little he has, he takes that little amount and God multiplies it. He doesn't do it out of his excess because he's got a ton of money. He does it because this is home. He loves this church and he wants to make sure he's involved in the church. And that's how he can be involved. How can you get involved? I said I didn't know how hard I was going to step on some toes this morning, but I think I'm going to go full go on it here in a minute. If you come to this church, if you're a member of this church, or you just attend this church, but you come here and you worship, you hear great music, sometimes a mediocre sermon, and, and you leave and you aren't involved in the ministry of this church, why are you here? Why? You can hear a great sermon and great music on the internet. Why do you come here if you're not actively involved? There are needs all over this church. You know, they have that 80-20 rule where 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. What would this church, how would we impact the community if we got everyone involved and active? What could we do? What could God do? There are ministries that need help. Children's ministries, AV, breakfast. We're getting ready to start breakfast back up for those of you who are interested. But breakfast is coming back. Lunch is there. We need help in all kinds of areas and greeters. What are you willing to do? And don't say, I don't have enough. Don't focus on the limitations. Focus on who is with us. Who is here? And that person is Jesus. And he will multiply what little we have to impact this community. Today when you leave, there will be some tables out there with some ministry needs. I challenge you. Don't walk by the table. Don't act like you don't see them sitting there. Don't try and find a back door. Go to that table and figure out what you can do to help impact this church. Get active. Because that is the only way that God can use us. We can have the desire all day long, but the desire won't change us. Do something. Heavenly Father, 
I want to experience the joy that comes from being generous. I ask that today an opportunity to be generous will come my way. And I ask that you will help me to recognize it when it does. And I ask that you will give me the courage to jump in and to not just have the desire to be generous, but to be actively, actually living generously. Help us to take that step, however small it may be, because our small efforts plus you will always be enough. In Jesus' name.